the Five Star Zone with Rico Beer and Howard Griffin. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Howard Griffith, you see that beautiful face on the Big Ten Network. Howard, uh, interesting week last week. I I think the Big Ten gained a little bit of credibility with the last-minute drive of of Kyle McCord in Ohio State. Did we see Kyle McCord grow up and become that guy? I mean, because there was ample opportunity, a lot of fourth down plays, a lot of third and longs. You start off that last drive, you know, missing two passes. They still made it down. They scored with one second to go. <laughs> and Notre Dame minus a defender on two plays. Okay, go you know what? Okay. Yeah, mistake. Yeah, but I, I think the key here is that, you know, he's continuing to grow as a quarterback. He had to make some big throws in that game, particularly down that stretch. Uh, and he, he stepped up to the challenge. And I think you heard just, you know, how passionate – uh, their coach was after the game. I mean, uh, this is he's been in a pressure cooker. It's still a pressure cooker at Ohio State. Yeah? So, you know, it's one of those things. He went full Howard Dean. I mean, <laughs> I think I wasn't the only one that just heard. I was waiting for him to say, and then we're going to go to Penn State, and then we're going to go to <laughs> Michigan. Yeah! Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, now, he was right there. He was. When when you see that, that, that pressure in Ohio State, I guess – What's taking them so long to, I guess, to become Ohio State? Is, is it just waiting on Kyle McCord to become that guy? Yeah, I think it, that's a big step. That's a big part of it. Um, I think the other side of it, you look at the defense. The defense, I, I thought, defended the deep pass really well uh, against Notre Dame. You knew they would be tested there, and they rose to the challenge in that area. Gave up some yardage on the ground, but you know, I think people are going to do that uh, playing against Ohio State. That's a good run. They have a good run game in Notre Dame. But you saw an offensive line really control the line of scrimmage as far as the run was concerned. And they made enough plays defensively. But I think it goes back to the quarterback coming down the stretch, being able to, to take advantage of his opportunity uh, and dialing up some great plays and their playmakers stepping up. Now, if you're Ohio State, is this a good week for a bye or do you want to get back out there? Because, you, I mean, you just really turn that page and then yeah. it's like, OK, we'll not take the week off or – do you want the week off? You know, I, I think it's a good week off for, for them. Uh, obviously, that was an emotional game, going on the road and winning. I think it gives them an opportunity to go back and, you know, assess the things that they've been able to have uh, some good success with at the first part of the season. Really gives you a chance to do some self-scout, get some guys healthy as well. So I think it's a good time for a bye. You know, you talk about coming after a big game, you just want to keep it rolling. But I think it's a good time for them to do some self-scout uh, and also to scout some other teams around the, around the league that they're going to have their hands full this year with, you know, Michigan, obviously, and also add Penn State to that mix. It's funny you mentioned Penn State, Howard, because I think we may have seen the closest thing to a perfect game that you see in baseball. Yeah. Penn State, what they did to Iowa, who had to, last week was ranked. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like you may need to call the cops or the sheriffs. I I mean, like 74 yards of all, like offense, four first downs. You literally gave them one first down each quarter. Yeah. I mean, it is, I guess the question is, is Penn State that good or is Iowa just not what we thought they were going to be? Or is it somewhere in the middle? I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. This is a, a defense uh, at Penn State that's going to stifle a lot of teams. And if you already have issues, 
those are going to be magnified when you play against a defense like that. You talk about guys, they got first rounders in the back end. They got first rounders on the D line at linebacker. They've got players over there and uh, we haven't seen this type of talent uh, at, a, at Penn state in a while. It's been a long time. So you couple that with the second year uh, in the defensive scheme and they're really growing, I think defensively. And I think they're a real deal and, and really, I may have said this a couple of weeks ago, but I think this defense really gets their their offense prepared too because they're they're competing against one of the best defenses in the country each and every day. So that's got to be able to help your receivers and also uh, timing as far as your quarterback is concerned because in some games, they're not going to see a team that, that's as good or as talented defensively as they see in practice. No, nah, because I often say Manny Diaz, I'm not, look, I'm not trying to put labels on him, but sometimes, Howard, Mm-hmm. People are just really great at one thing. He may not be the yeah. greatest head coach. But when it comes to being a defensive coordinator, I don't think there's too many people better than him. <laughs> you look at what he is doing with Penn State. Now, I'm quite sure he's going to get people looking at him for a head coaching gig again. Yeah. Right now, I mean, as you said, all three tiers of, of the Penn State defense. Yeah. Th- there's really no weaknesses there. And I'm watching Iowa just get dismantled. and. Look, I know that they were down some starters, but mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I I was just sitting there like, wow, I, I'm I'm this is the is about as close to witnessing perfection, holding a team under 100 yeah. total yards in a game. I mean, right now James Franklin has that thing going. Your court Drew Aller, I think for him, it's you know what is he going to look like in that big game on the road, yeah. and I think that comes uh, against Columbus in, in Ohio State later on this year, but. Allard looks like he's feeling comfortable, but you do when you're playing at home. But I'm just looking at this Penn State team, and, you know, it's always <laughs> Michigan and it's always Ohio State. But, Howard, I just – I feel like some may be overlooking what James Franklin and the Nittany Lions have going on, what they got going on in Happy Valley. Yeah, I, I would tell you uh, – what are they, six this week in the country? Yeah. Maybe six or seven, somewhere in there. But this team probably doesn't – isn't garnering the national attention that they, that they probably deserve uh, for the way they've been able to, to be able to play. And, and I think that's playing well for, for James Franklin, because that allows him to, you know, just continue to, to fly under the radar. Everybody's talking about we're, we're talking about Colorado, what was happening there and what's going on in, <laughs> in the Pac-12. And uh, they're just playing unbelievable ball out there uh, right now. And obviously people are more focused on Ohio state, with the big matchup against Notre Dame, being able to pull that out in Michigan to a certain extent as well. So Penn State's kind of in this area where yeah, people respect them, but I don't think they're getting uh, probably the credit that they probably deserve nationally. Now, and then we have uh, Michigan. Harbaugh's back on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Michigan came out there. They ended up uh, shaking off Rutgers. Rutgers, you know, early in the game, it was 7 I didn't even get the game on. And I was just like, wait, did they just take the kickoff back or something? <laughs> like, I wasn't expecting them to see Rutgers up 7 to nothing. But Michigan, right. here's, what I've, here's what I've learned. This is Michigan. Expect slow starts in the first half. Mm-hmm. And then in the second half, they pull away. They did that two years ago. They did that last year. I don't think it's any concern. It's just what they do. Now, yeah. later down the line, when it comes to the, the the playoffs and all of that, well, we we can bring this back up. But I think that this is a week that the, the running game could really make a statement because 
with Nebraska sitting there at two and two, mm-hmm. greatest team that Matt Rule has. You know, the quarterback situation is still in Sims. I'm not sold on him. He's got injuries, but they can. The run defense is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Again, the running game. Blake Corum, you know, he's been about the best. Donovan Edwards is still a little MIA. But if you could go to Nebraska, where apparently it's going to be 95 degrees. I, I didn't know it got to 95 degrees in Nebraska. <laughs> 95 degrees going up against that Nebraska run defense. If this is the game that that Corm and Edwards can kind of break out, I think a lot of Michigan fans will breathe a little easier. Mm-hmm. You know that those two are going to get it done, but it's kind of like, okay, you're waiting for that you know game where they each – Combine the rush for over 250 yards. Yeah, you're looking for those big numbers out of the run game. But I think one of the things that uh, Jim Harbaugh said this week was, you know, he doesn't need all those miles on those running backs. He knows what they can do. Uh, It's about really getting them to the big games where they're going to need them down the stretch. And, you know, it's kind of – you don't really hear about that as much at the running back position. But I think that was part of – you know, what has come out of uh, in the NFL where guys feel like they're not being compensated the way they should when their contracts are up because they end up signing, the the good ones end up signing a five-year deal uh, or a four-year deal with that player, with a team option for a fifth when you're a first round or a high draft pick. And you by the time you get to the end of that contract, you know, what's, what's your value? A lot of places you've got too much wear on the tire. God forbid if you've had a couple of injuries. So he's taking that and he's using that now uh, with his players. He's, he said it's just about really getting these guys to the next level, to the big game and also the next level with with the least amount of wear on their tires as possible. And again, we've seen it. We, you've seen it in basketball. We hear people talking about, uh, you know, just managing uh, their you know players playing time. But I think you're starting to see that at Michigan and, you know, Coach Harbaugh was not shying away from it. He told you exactly what he thought he needed to do with his backs to keep those guys healthy, and that's what they're going to do. So, But we all still want to see that run game take off. And really, it's one of those things where we really won't know what Michigan is and just really how good they are until, you know, we see them step up the level uh, of competition. And, and it will this week. Uh, this is a, a Nebraska team that's still going to come out and play as hard as they can Right. Uh, and, and figure it out. And they they do some good things. So this will be a, a nice challenge for them as they continue uh, on their march to to try to uh, win the Big Ten championship again this year. Yeah, their first uh, road game of the season yeah. in Nebraska. But, yeah, when I saw that temperature. <laughs> like, what's going on over there? Right, in the Midwest. And, I mean, it's going to cool off a little bit. Late night in Iowa, Howard, this has to be the game of the two teams just kind of licking their wounds from last week. Iowa, we talked about against Penn State, shut out. Michigan State, I mean, in the middle of all the Mel Tucker stuff that's going on, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later on. But, you know, it, it was it was homecoming, and it, it wasn't quite a great homecoming for a lot of the alums watching. Yeah. You don't win many games turning the ball over five times. No. And I was there, lost in this game. The defense really played well. And a lot of people mm-hmm. don't want to hear that because they're like, what do you mean the defense played well? They lost right. seven. <laughs> Man, it was a lot of short fields. I mean, the defense held, you know, uh, Tonga Valoa to like about 200-some passing yards. Which is huge. 
All right. They, they, the, I don't think anybody rushed the ball for over 40 yards. And they did what they were supposed to do. MSU shot themselves in the foot three times in the red zone. This is, I mean, is this, somebody's going to leave this game between MSU and Iowa at night. And it's going to, I feel like it's going to turn into a downward spiral. Iowa being blanked and just shut out against Penn State. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we really that bad? And Michigan State, you know, looking like a rudderless ship. I mean, what what do you see in this game? I mean, I mean, yeah. Vegas is saying ain't nobody scoring. <laughs> yeah, this it, is going to be a tough one. Man. But I think you're you're correct when you think about you know one of these teams is obviously going to come out a loser, and how they're how are they going to respond for the rest of the year? Uh, and you can create a scenario where both teams could could really downward spiral uh, if, if they lose this game. Um, but they've got to come out and figure out a way. Iowa, I mean, offensively, we've talked about it for, for years, it seems like. Just, you know, they just can't get it going. And we thought Kate would be be the answer to, to help that help him out, help the program out. But it just is not, it's not working. Something's not working over there offensively. Um, and they've got to try to figure it out. And I don't know that you can all of a sudden make some drastic changes in the middle of the year and think you're going to get a better result uh, on the football field. Um, but but something has to get done. They have to be able to hang their hat somewhere on something uh, when, when you think about Iowa uh, from an offensive standpoint. And, and Michigan State, they, they've got to play mistake-free football. I mean, things are hard enough as it is, but when you start turning it over, man, you're, you're nowhere near the type of team that can afford to just turn it over and think you can still walk out of a place with a win. Now, it's funny because I was laughing on the radio show, and it's, it's – it's the movable force versus the uh, easily resistible <laughs> object. I mean, you got Brian Ferentz going up against Scotty Hazleton. Ferentz is fighting for his job. He's got to score 25 points. MSU defense is not the greatest of defense, and it's it's just kind of funny that, yeah, one of these guys is going to feel really good about himself. Yeah. It's, it's going to be needed for one or the other team. But, yeah, this is a night game. It's going to be on Peacock and NBC, and – I'm assuming it's a blackout. Look, it's 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 always difficult to play. Iowa fans will yeah. show up regardless. So, oh yeah, I you know it's it's just going to be an interesting game to see two teams that you feel bad for the loser because it could just really mark the beginning of the end for the season. We'll make it very difficult for the head coach to pull yeah. them out. And then in, and then speaking of which, since we're here. I mean, Michigan State finally made it official. They mm-hmm. they officially fired Mel Tucker. I mean, Howard, if if you're MSU, if, first of all, if you're MSU, where do you go from here? And as a player, how do you how do you move on? How do you move forward knowing yeah. that you you had nothing to do with this? In a game, you turn the ball over. That's your fault. Yeah. This this you woke up and saw like everybody else. This wasn't mm-hmm. your fault. How do you just stay focused and, and just worry about what's happening on the field? Yeah, it, it's really incumbent on those you know, coaches to really try to get these guys dialed in. I mean, that's ultimately what you have to do as a coach. You know, I'm sure you know the players have that stuff on their mind. Okay, what's my next move going to look like? I'm sure people are reaching out to their family members, if not the players, saying, hey, you sure you want to be there? Uh, you sure you don't want a red shirt this year? You know, so there, there are a lot of things that, that are going on that, um, you know, they're having to try to manage. 
and to, to ultimately then think about, you know, managing guys that may or may not want to be there is going to be tough for him. And that's why, you know, listen, I, I think it's a reason these guys get paid a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> right. And they got to they have to deal with a lot of issues. And sometimes those issues are, are not even what's happening on the field. They're what's happening away from the field. And and now at least there is a conclusion there that, that the players know exactly what's going to what's ahead of them. They've known already, obviously, but they know for sure because it's been made official. But I, I think Michigan State ultimately has got to figure out what direction they want to go and what they want the program to ultimately look like. Uh, when they make the hire of, of the next head coach? Well, I've, I've said I think that Michigan State could be a top 15 team. And the reason why I think that's important is because next year you go to a 12-team playoff. You mm -hmm. got four top Pac-12 teams coming into the conference. If you're a top 15 team, in money and revenue, they're there. In facilities, mm -hmm. they're there. You just have to match up on the field. That makes you competitive each and every year. You may not make the playoffs every mm -hmm. year, but at least you're vying for one of those spots, even if it's the 12th spot. Yeah. I do think that in, in my world, they can't go out there with hat in hand saying, help me, I'm poor. We'll just can't take anybody. I think that this next coaching hire, Alan Howler, the athletic director at Michigan State, yeah. th this is this is crucial because I've, I've said it before. Athletic directors don't get to hire three head football coaches. He's Fair. already one. Mm -hmm. This will be his second one. He's got to make this one the right person to yeah. take them. Because I think it says a lot to me that this is going to be game number five. This is the opt out. This is the opt out week for people to hit the portal. And so far, Howard, mm -hmm. players, since we've taped this right now, nobody's hit the portal. What does that say? You know, is this team saying, you know what, we believe in each other? And we're just going to ride this thing through because I expected at least, you know, I expected some to hit the portal and so yeah. far, nobody. Well, I mean, that's a good thing. It speaks to the job that Harlan Barnett has been able to do and been able to communicate, even though, you know, they've lost the game. They've lost the, the previous game. So it, it, they've got to continue to do it. But working this roster is going to be a, a work in progress. It's going to be something, you know, every day that they're going to have to to try to manage. And, you know, the other side of it, too, is, where exactly are they going to go where they're going to be able to play like right away? If they go somewhere, they may still need to sit because they may not, they're not going to be acclimated to what's well, see, going on as far as the field is concerned. See, I figured if you opt out now, you can at least save this year and you still have an extra year to get yourself ready. Yeah. You know, you figure out where you want to go, or maybe you come back to the school. If you like the head coach, you know what, let me make one yeah. correction. Because I do now, I, I remember now, uh, Bill Beekman actually hired Mel Tucker. Okay, okay. So yeah, Alan Haller technically was That's there. Right, yep. He was the man in waiting, but mm -hmm. Beekman, final job as athletic director, hired Tucker, and then he handed the keys over to Alan. So my apologies, Alan. This will be your first hire, not your second hire. Yeah, and, and, and the reality is this. I, I think this is, uh, but it's still an important hire. I, I think when you look at, the way the league is going to be configured next year, um, you're going to need somebody who has some cachet. Yeah. I think, you, you know, you have to part of part of the next person's responsibility is, you know, you want to hear how how they're going to work the portal. You know, what what are we going to do as far as what do you need when you look at this roster? Where do you think this roster can be? And, and I think 
Allen, from the standpoint of, of being a former uh, football player uh, at Michigan State and also professionally, he has a good feel for where this team is from a talent standpoint. So he knows kind of what needs to be injected into the team. So I feel really confident that he's going to find the right guy. It's just a matter of what does that look like? What is, you know, do you need a program builder? Do you need, you, you know, need some hot game? What do you need? I mean, you know, can Harlan Barnett turn this thing around and, and, and make himself uh, a candidate for this job, uh, which, you know, they're all going to say that, that he is a candidate. Um, right, but, and I know, think for Barnett, it, yeah. it really boils down to he would have to run the table. He's He's got three games to mm-hmm. really sell to people. He's got Michigan, which kind of counts as a game and a half. You mm-hmm. got Ohio State on the road, and you got Penn State at Ford Field to end the season. Howard, if for some reason he went 3-0 and in those yeah. games, then, yeah, he put himself – if he doesn't get the job, he's on the short list of the two or three people that's really up for the job. Yeah. But that's yeah. what it's going to take is you're going to yeah. need somebody to really galvanize this 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 program and he's going to next need some big time wins. Yeah. And you can't have your team going out there turning the ball over five times cuz that yeah. that was just like wow. Every yeah. cuz it was Maryland was trying their best to hand that game to them and they were like, "No, nope, you keep it. We're going to be good hosts. We'll be all right. Yeah. 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 You know, and I, I think it's just one of those things. You're right. You got to win football games at the end of the day. Uh, if you want, if you want the job, right. And clearly he does. Um, but again, I think it just comes down to, do you want that flashy offensive guy? Right. I mean, this is, this is really where, this is where the college game is right now. I mean, sure. Yeah. You got to, you got to stop people. That's but for I, sure. Yeah, I, I think if you're Michigan state, it's, I don't even think it's necessarily the head coach. I think it's if you could bring in and, and kind of go the route with Dion did and bringing in Kent State's coach to be the OC, if you can get that offensive coordinator from maybe a small college to come in and say, look, I'm going to make this fun. We may not be the best team, but we're going to be entertaining. We're going to throw the ball around. We know what recruits like. We know what our fans want to see. We're going to lose some games, but we may lose. We'll, we'll lose games. 45 to 38. We're going to make it entertaining. Mm-hmm. I think that will help out a lot. Defense takes some years to develop, and everybody wants a great defense. Everybody wants a defense like Penn State. But let's face it, Howard, nobody gets geeked to say, let's go watch a defensive struggle. Right. You want to see touchdowns. You want right. to see fun. You want to see long runs. You want to see deep passes. That's what you want to see. Yeah. And I think, to me, it comes down to, you know, not only the coach, but just the coordinators and the style that you bring in, because I think that could help galvanize and bring this team back together. Yeah, I think, you know, I call the, the Illinois FAU game last week. And one of the things that was clear, those those skilled players at FAU can, can play football. And right. I think that's always the, the, that's been uh, a misnomer that, OK, some of the lower places, they've got they've got all the athletes they need. The challenge becomes interior offense and defensive line, uh, where they ha- it takes longer for a program to be able to develop them. But if you bring in a a hot shot head coach with a with a with a great offensive philosophy, you know guys are going to flock there. I mean, shoot, you only need to look to what look at to UCLA. You have one of the best quarterbacks right in your backyard. Uh, so if you played that style, maybe you're you you would be in the mix, but. 
you know, you, you've got to be able to recruit. You've got to be able to get the best players. And when the best players are in your state, as tough as it's going to be, because obviously Michigan's recruiting them too, right. um, you still got to – they've got to be attracted to something. So what is it going to be? It's got to be this half-flying offense, I would think, would be uh, a reason that someone would want to come play at Michigan State. And uh, now I want to get to, I guess, the most competitive game of the week brings in uh, Purdue taking on – <laughs> I, it's, I mean, this game's going to be at Purdue. It's pretty much a pick em game. How how, how you see this game? Going? You know, it's interesting, right? Both teams, uh, Ryan Walters obviously came over from Illinois, defensive coordinator, uh, really done a great job. Yeah. yeah, done a, 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 a tremendous job. But I think when you, when you, you see, you see both programs, uh, Purdue struggling defensively at times uh, this season. It takes time for those defenses to to really be able to to settle in because you have different personnel. Illinois probably played one of their better defensive games last week, and, and really uh, a couple of game, a couple of quarters versus Penn State. But offensively is where this game is is going to be won. They're going to have to throw it around. Both teams will want to. Uh, there there are a lot of all of both teams are quite familiar with what they want to do uh, because they've been on the staffs together. Um, come quite a few staff members went over to Purdue from Illinois. So it's one of those games, man. And it is, it probably is a pick them, but it's going to come down to who doesn't turn it over. But their quarterback at Purdue, I really like him a lot. Uh, Card, I think he can, he has a chance to be a real special player. It's just a matter of not turning the football over and being able to take care of business. But this is going to be a fun one. Hopefully both teams uh, are, are going to be 100% and uh, it should be a shootout. Yeah, I expect this to be real personal. I mean, at the end, I expect a lot of hugs and a lot of, <laughs> man, I miss you and good luck to you. But during the game, man, you can't tell me that the, that the former defensive coordinator and our head coach at Purdue, he wants it. Illinois wants yeah. it. Yeah, th- this one, this one may be fun to watch just knowing everything that's been going on behind the scenes. Yeah, so I, I think it'll live up to, to Billing. You know, they, they both teams – you know, a fight. We talk about the the East, and it's it's a little, it's at least a little more settled. You believe who the top best top three teams are, at least, right. and then that middle section teams are fighting to to stay there. But Maryland looks like you know they they've uh, cemented themselves right in that area, just below those other teams. But the West is is just wide open, and up until last week, when Minnesota went down to Northwestern, uh, I would have told you Northwestern didn't have a shot. Yeah. This year either. But what they were able to do in overtime to what I believe is a good football team in Minnesota, for, for some reason, they got taken to the brink and ended up losing that game last week. So who knows what's going to happen in the West? It's wide open, just like it was last year. So we'll see. But one of these teams obviously is going to be in a much better position to win it uh, after Saturday. And speaking of West, I want to I do want to wrap up with this because. I think I saw this coming. I'm not even going to lie. I made a couple personal bets because people <laughs> was like, Colorado's going to go out to Oregon and just destroy them. I'm like, hey, man, yeah. that's Colorado looked well against these three teams, but now yeah. they're going up in weight class. I, you know what I did not like is it was – look, it was a lot of trash talking going on before the game. You had yep. the Colorado players, you know, stomping on the O, and that's what people do, but – how all of a sudden Dan Lenning now gets vilified for going out there and wanting to beat Dion and wanting to beat Colorado. And it's like, 
He's not a bad guy. He's the head right. of Oregon. He's not there to make the game easy. And yeah, it looked like it was a little personal for him. I mean, running the fake on the, your own 18 yard line, like he yeah. wanted that game over other games because I think that in his world, not enough people are talking about the Oregon Ducks. And that yeah. was all about the Colorado Buffaloes. And, and it was at, at Austin Stadium. And, I, and it just felt like they felt disrespected and they had to show the world, hey, this is still our house. We, we, we are in the Pac-12. Respect us. Yeah, and think of it this way, right? They go from, you know, you look at this game last year, right? <laughs> no interest whatsoever. Right. And, and now you, you you think about all the interest that, that you know, the networks obviously have, but the fan bases have, and, and just people in general wanting to watch this Colorado team. I mean, I, the ratings from uh, when they played Colorado State were off the charts, and, and that was a game that I don't think finished until maybe 2 in the morning. Something right. crazy like that. So, you know, they they have a lot of eyeballs on them. And I think a lot of a lot of teams and a lot of players are gonna take it personally that why is everybody talking about Colorado when we're better? We're just a better team, but everybody's talking about them. So I think everyone's uh, gonna take it personal when they have an opportunity to to line up against uh the buffs right now. And they've got another big one this week at UC USC, so they'll be tested again. Hey, Deion Sig, you better get me now because it ain't going to ever be this easy ever <laughs> again. And, hey, I I, I think it's going to be interesting to see. I, I do think that USC is probably going to go through them. I mean, no Hunter. Uh, I mean, his, the, uh, the, the other son and the plays in the secondary. Mm-hmm. And he's spitting up blood. So, yeah, this is not a good look. Depth. Colorado's biggest problem yeah. is always going to be depth. Yep. I told people the second some of your people start falling off, it was not going to be the same. And I think you're going to kind of see that for the rest of the year. I still think that they should be able to, they should probably make a bowl game. They should be able to go six and six because the back end of their schedule is going to yep. be, that's, that's where it really gets difficult where they got a gauntlet for their final few games. So. Yeah. And that's what they have to do. They have to stay healthy, right? Because you know, their guys are, are playing a lot. And you talk about the depth. And you got to remember, there are a lot of guys that came in there that were, that were heralded that get there and, hey, they're not as good as we thought they were going to be. So you have a lot of that going on as well, which hurts the depth. So you're trying to develop the players that are there. You're going to need some guys to step up. But this is just going to continue to be a, a fascinating story. Uh, I think this is one of those things, when you talk about Colorado, uh, if you're looking for a head coach now, you're you're looking at, what they've done in Colorado to to change things and how quickly something like that could happen uh, at your own uh, university. You either like it or you don't. I doubt if there's some people that are right there in the middle with, uh, with it because, you know, it, it, it's, it's thought-provoking what he's done. Uh, people don't like it necessarily uh, when you, quote-unquote, run guys off, but uh, it's worked out for them to this point. I mean, they have That's already cool. exceeded their win total uh, from a year ago. And quite frankly, I don't know how much they probably have would have spent trying to garner the kind of attention that they've received since Dion has walked on that campus. It, it, I don't think you can measure it. I'm sure um, the applications uh, for Colorado have gone through the roof. So admissions, it yeah. sure has their uh, hands. Merchandising. Yeah. 
Keep it's been unbelievable. It's been a, it's been, I think it'll be a fascinating case study in marketing. Yeah. And also as far as owning and building your own individual brand, because I think one of the things people may lose sight of is the brands and the different channels that not only he has, but his, his sons and daughters have as well about their social media uh, yeah. uh, footprint it, is huge. So they have done an unbelievable job of, of monetizing um, their name, image, and likeness there. Yeah. And uh, I did lie. You could help settle an argument real quick right now. Not saying I'm not forecasting by the end of the year, but right here. Okay. Right Best college football team, Texas or Florida State? Ooh. Ooh. Right here, right now. Right here, right now. Not saying who's going to win it all, but yeah. based off the body of work, Texas or Florida State? Probably have to take Texas. Damn. Okay. I, I would probably take Texas. Um, it, it, they probably I, I, got their I best team. Florida State yeah. only because two of their biggest wins happened away from Tallahassee. Yeah. Which is never an easy thing to do. A neutral site game, and then they went mm -hmm. and beat Clemson at a place where they haven't won yeah. in over 10 years. So, but now that was just a debate that we had on the show of yeah. Florida State right here, right now, not down the line. Uh-huh. But who had the best win? I mean, Texas did something that really nobody does. Mm -hmm. Nobody walks into Alabama and walks away yeah. with a victory. Wasn't a fluke. They flat out beat Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. It, Alabama it's, wasn't used to that. Yeah. It's, um, I think this year, m more so than ever, you know, their teams, it, it may not be this one team that's just, you know, just going to run through everybody. You know, Georgia still, Georgia is Georgia, right. but. It, it just seems like it is so many more teams that are out there that it looks like have an opportunity that have turned the corner in their own way. When you talk about Florida State now uh, and, and the way they're playing, you talk about, you know, Texas, you talk about Penn State. They're adding more teams to the mix. And, and quite frankly, I think it's great for college for college football that we have so many teams uh, that look like they can, yeah, look like they can win a national title, and and that's what you're going to need to keep the the interest oh, yeah. and keep it. You know, you talk about having that 12 team playoff. This is what this is what it's about. I know it's still early in the season; things have to shake out, but you want to see this type of uh, response. I mean, it's crazy to think about the Pac-12 and what they're doing right now, and then a year from now, or less <laughs> than that, less than that. It won't even it won't even exist as it currently does. So right, Washington State and Oregon State gonna be looking at that Will Smith meme where he just yeah. house like looking around, like, <laughs> looking around like, what happened? Yeah, so so he got the hands full, but it, it's 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 fascinating. It's fun to watch, and I think it's it's only gonna get better better, particularly when you look at some of these teams uh, matchups coming down the line uh, with some of our East uh, matchups this season. I don't know it's gonna be fun. Howard, appreciate your time. Hey, guys, keep liking, subscribing, give us some great reviews. Tell your friends about the Five Star Zone. Howard and I will be back next week. Howard, you can see him this weekend on the Big Ten Network. He'll be giving you that pregame show once again. Howard, appreciate your time, man. I'll see you next week. All right, sounds good. Have a great right. weekend. I right, see you. You too. Yeah.